Before I begin my message, will you please pray with me? Lord, I thank you. I thank you for bringing all of these beautiful people here to worship you today, to show love to you and spend time getting to know your word. Lord, I pray that you lead me today to show praise to your word and to show nothing but love and grace. I pray this in your name. Amen. Good morning. My name is Taylor Hovis. I am a senior at Capital City High School and a member of First Baptist. I'm an active refuge youth ministry and was baptized here last May. I once read a humorous but instructive story about the toll anxiety can have on one person. For several years, a woman has been having trouble getting to sleep at night because she feared burglars. One night, her husband heard a noise in the house, so he went downstairs to investigate. When he got there, he did find a burglar. Good evening, said the man of the house. I am pleased to see you. Come upstairs and meet my wife. She has been waiting 10 years to meet you. <laughs> the point is simple. A burglar, hopefully, would only steal from you once, although we'd prefer not at all. Worry and anxiety can steal from you for decades. I have been dealing with anxiety myself for a while now. I have always been a bad test taker in school, and my parents and I could never figure out why. I also would get so irritated at the smallest things and find myself stressing out about situations and the people around me. I then decided that I needed to see a doctor, who then told me I had severe anxiety along with test anxiety. Anxiety has truly affected my day-to-day -day life with my family and peers tremendously. I started taking prescription medications to try and help me when I get anxious. The first medication didn't help. My friends started noticing a difference in my behavior, but in a negative way. I was so grateful that my friends were there to tell me, hey, Taylor, you're not yourself at all anymore. So then I was able to go back to the doctor and switch medications to try another one. Since I was diagnosed, I have had a lot of therapy sessions and doctor's visits to make sure my medications were doing what they were meant to do. Anxiety is a very common struggle in our nation and world. The Anxiety and Depression Association of America's website states, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults in the United States ages 18 and older, or 18.1% of the population every year. Many of us deal with anxiety, and each person's journey with anxiety is unique. Some battle with severe anxiety, panic attacks, and or social anxiety. Some struggle with depression or severe phobias. Some of us are just more anxious in nature, worrying about all the things out of our control. Some will need and should seek out professional help and or receive assistance of medication. With that helps regulate physical contributors to anxiety. All of these can be gifts from God to help us. Today, I don't want in any way to diminish or simplify this topic, but I do want to share how God's word is helping me with my anxiety. You see, anxiety is not a lack of faith. Instead, our faith can help us when we are dealing with anxiety. The Apostle Paul spoke to worrying and anxiety when he penned two of the most hopeful anxiety-curbing verses in the Bible. Be anxious. For nothing but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. That is Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. 
One of the worst things about anxiety is that it gives us spiritual amnesia. We forget who we are in Christ. We forget that as his co-heirs, we have access to his power and glory. That when our priorities line up with his, he will meet our needs. That doesn't mean we go from miracle to miracle in life, or that life will be easy and free from pain and hardship. Rather, it means that whatever we are facing, Paul reminds us we should go to God in prayer over these things, and trust our Heavenly Father is aware of it and will stick with us through it all. He will even give us peace beyond our understanding and the grace and courage to face our challenges. You might be tempted to dismiss those verses in Philippians thinking, well, that sort of approach to anxiety is nice, but my problems are just way more complex than that. Though these verses may be simple, they are not simplistic. They are grounded in God's unchanging character and nature, which means they are trustworthy for us today and all of our tomorrows. So many of us live huge chunks of our lives trying not to worry, but worrying anyways. We tell God what we need, and then we bite our nails over whether he will provide. We believe he exists, but we're not often convinced he loves us enough to really help us or what we deserve, or we deserve God's help. We hold on to only certain bits and pieces of the truth, living a, leaving us stuck in a world of anxiety where it's tempting to believe that failure, uncertainty, and worrying is all there is in life. We know we're sinners who fall short of God's glory. We know that Jesus died to save us from our sin. But somewhere along the way, we fail to embrace what that means for our outlook on life. To be a Christian means to be adopted by God as his child, to have access to his love, power, strength, and peace. That's why, if we can come to embrace the, and trust in the promise of Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, it can comfort and strengthen us when we are dealing with anxiety. Life is hard. It can be overwhelming and scary at times. Whether you are 8, 18, 48, or 88, when we have trouble sleeping, worrying about all the things that might happen, the bad that might break in, may we remember these words from Paul. Be anxious for nothing but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Good morning. My name is Lucy Washburn. I'm a senior at Capital City High School and a member of the youth group here at First Baptist. When Mel asked me to speak today, I instantly knew that I wanted to talk about asking questions. This is something that I struggled with for a really long time and something that I'm still working on. I went to a private Christian school from kindergarten through eighth grade. That meant I attended religion classes, a weekly church service, and confirmation classes when I got older. Now, despite me being up here, I am not a very outgoing person. I don't speak up a lot in class, and back then, I really didn't. And I really didn't like asking questions, especially not in religion class. I was always worried that I would be judged for my questions or that they would show a lack of faith. And I kept this mentality until I got to confirmation class. 
One day, a girl asked a question on a somewhat controversial topic, and you could hear the room suck in a breath. Everyone was scared of where this question would go and how the pastor would react. But we had no reason to worry. The girl was not scolded or judged for her question, and the pastor didn't dodge the question either. Instead, he gave a very straightforward answer and answered all of our follow-up questions. That day showed me that I didn't need to be afraid of my questions because they weren't a sign of a lack of faith. Instead, they were something that would bring me closer to God. I was worried about how those around me would perceive my questions instead of how God would perceive my questions. Matthew 18, verses 1 through 5 says, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. In this passage, Jesus is telling us that we need to have childlike faith. But what does that mean? To some Christians, that means blindly following without reason or explanations. But that's the exact opposite of what Jesus is saying. Instead, Jesus is encouraging us to ask questions. Anyone who has been around children knows that kids ask a lot of questions. In fact, research shows that kids ask an average of 73 questions a day. That's a lot of questions. Now, some of those 73 questions may be silly, but the important thing is that they are a sign that children want to learn. That is what Jesus wants from us. He wants us to learn about him and be active in our faith. Asking questions means we are in constant conversation with God and being active in our faith rather than stagnant. Relationships are two-sided. God wants to hear from us, which is why he wants us to pray and ask questions. God knows who we are and what our intentions are. He knows our questions aren't because we doubt him. They're because we want to get to know him. Plus, I don't know about you, but sometimes the Bible confuses me. And how would I be able to understand it if I didn't ask questions? It's like when I'm in school. I can't expect to do well in my math class if I don't ask questions about the topics that confuse me. Mel also sent me an awesome quote from Reverend Kramer, which says that faith has so much more to do with curiosity than it does certainty. There are certain things in faith that we will never be 100% certain about. As much as we wish it was, the Bible is not very clear on a number of things. So, if that's the case, why not ask questions and try to figure it out? That process will bring us closer in faith because we would have to analyze God's words to get answers. If that's not a sign of faith, then I don't know what is. Perhaps you, like me, have struggled with questions because you were worried about what others would think or that they might be a lack of faith. Perhaps you, like so many of us, have confused certainty rather than curiosity as a reflection of strong faith. May we hear Jesus' words today as a loving invitation to become like children, asking questions, and trusting Jesus knows our intention is to know him better.